Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, calendar soup. Here we go. Welcome to Manager Tools, everybody. For those of you who don't know, maybe many of our longtime listeners may not know this, but Fortune Magazine just came out with the nine best podcasts for business people to listen to, and Manager Tools and Career Tools were both mentioned. Uh, along with some of the stalwarts of our industry, Harvard Business Review and Wall Street Journal and Stanford and so on. Uh, it's always a privilege. We've gotten mentioned many times. Um, and if you're joining us um, because of that mention, welcome. Uh, we've been doing this for nearly 10 years and we have an awful lot of content for you. Uh, in fact, many of our longtime listeners will tell you there's too much while, <laughs> while at the same time saying, please, I want more, I want more, I want more because it's free. Uh, there are very places, various places you can find out about us. You can go to our website. One of the easiest ways to, to look at all of the material that we have is to go to our map of the universe, which is a page which shows you every single cast and its relationship to all the others. Uh, you can, of course, go to iTunes. You can listen on our website. You can go to iTunes and download the last 250 shows. You can also go to uh, download our Career Tools feed. Um, and also, for those of you just starting thinking about management for the first time, perhaps, the best place to start is our Manager Tools Basics, which is where we talk about the management trinity, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. If you do those four things, you will be one of the top 10% of managers in the firm you're at. So, welcome. Uh, we're thrilled you're here. And uh, we hope you enjoy this week and many weeks to come. Yeah, and by the way, folks, uh, www.manager-tools.com, the website URL, or if you're like me, you just go to Google and search for Manager Tools. Yeah, you, you <laughs> you the there. still Google Manager Tools. Yeah, that's, that's the, yeah. the power of Google, right? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about calendar soup. We don't and do I guess, this very often. We don't, we don't title casts with analogies that are designed to be at least partially inscrutable. Well, okay, so let's, let's start there. Why did you so, name this calendar soup? So, so look, let's a lot of managers, I mean, we get a lot of questions um, in the field um, about managers struggling with the amount of demands on their time when they're first promoted. But, but even two, three, four, five years later, People's ability to manage their calendar is, is a weakness. If Folks, if you're feeling that way and you think that everybody else gets it, you're wrong, okay? Um, you, they don't. Everyone, you're not wrong for feeling and, that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody it's else normal, is too. It's normal to feel the frustration that you feel about a skill that you know you ought to have but you can't seem to master. And look, when you get promoted from an individual contributor to a, to a manager, the increase in the stress on your calendar is probably double. And here we are again with yet another professional business system where nobody teaches you how to do it. And folks, it's not surprising that it's a little bit of hard work. And so if nobody teaches you, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And like I said, it's been, you know, people struggle for years and we don't get a whole lot better. The way I describe this to people is the mistake you're making is seeing your calendar as a puzzle where everything's supposed to fit perfectly. The way when you look at some finished calendar of some senior executive, it's back to back to back to back to back to back. And that is the wrong path to go down. And that's what this cast attempts to dissuade you from. That your calendar is not a puzzle. It's not supposed to fit together perfectly. It's a soup. And by that, we mean that it doesn't matter what order you put the ingredients in. You put the right ingredients in which are your priorities, and you can put them in whenever you want in a given week. 
and you leave out the wrong ingredients, which means you have to be willing to say no, uh, which will be hard for many of you. And then if you do those two things, you can move things around in your calendar whenever you want. It doesn't matter. The key is avoiding canceling things. When you get a conflict, when your boss steps on your calendar, you simply move what you already have to a different time. It's as simple as that. And you don't worry about it. You let go the fear that, oh my gosh, when, when this gets stepped on, you know, I have to do that. And if it gets stepped on, what do I do? I'm, you know, it's too perfect a puzzle and I, I don't have any leeway. When you see it as a soup, it's like, well, okay, the boss stepped on it. I just need to find another slot for that, for that half hour or that 45 minutes and I'll just move it and it's fine. And you stop worrying about your schedule. I tell people this all the time, Mike, uh, the president of the United States, his schedule is so busy, he's typically scheduled in 15-minute increments. His body man, the, the a guy who carries his calendar, his, his agenda, his diary, is constantly telling him, sir, you focus on the meeting, I'll focus on the calendar. And the president is told, don't think about your calendar. Don't think about your schedule. Be present in that meeting for 15 minutes where the decision is required or the speech is needed or, or the questions are needed, wh whatever it might be. And presidents all learn the phrase, uh, the, the phrase is, what's next? Because they spend 15 minutes talking, doing whatever, and they turn to their, their aide and say, what's next? Because he's got so much to do. Any amount of time spent thinking about his calendar and schedule is wasted. Because guys, think about it. When you're thinking about your calendar or schedule, you're not being productive. I mean, that's busy. And his schedule is constantly in flux. Typically, that daily schedule will change five, six, seven times in a day. And that's why they say, don't worry about it. Now, you're, folks, you're not the president. You're not going to have a body man. You're not going to have somebody else <laughs> scheduling in 15-minute increments. But the fundamental principle oh, is... You got my hopes up. Yeah, you don't. Folks, you don't need to worry about your calendar and about how things get stepped on. You just move stuff around. It's fine. Let's talk more specifically about this analogy about your calendar not being a puzzle, being, being a, a soup. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Again, the mistake we make is seeing our calendar as a puzzle. There are a certain number of pieces. There's time we have to spend on certain things, meetings we have to go to, invites we have to accept, time we need to get our own work done as well. And basically, most of us say there are too many pieces. Then there's a border, and most of us think of the borders of our calendar puzzle as our work week. And then every piece of the puzzle has to fit within the borders. And what many of us do is create a false solution in our minds that one way to solve the problem of too much to do and not enough time to do it, it that there is some way to make everything fit. And when we look at senior people, they get to say no. That's something that confuses people. Oh, senior people get to say no because of their role power. I don't have that role power, so therefore I can't do what they do wrong. They don't yeah. say no because of their role power. They say no because that's not what you're asking them to do is not one of their priorities. And they also believe that because those senior people's schedules are full, therefore they've made everything fit, which is not true at all. And so we, we think we can do that too. And you know, if I carefully fit things together, if I don't have lunch, if I schedule things back to back to back to back, if I work a little later, if I do email constantly throughout the day, which for which we ought to be shot in the face, even during meetings, right? Do email during meetings so that you're, you save some time. That'd be an indication that maybe you're not scheduling the right things. If you have time to do email yeah. during a meeting, maybe you shouldn't be in the exactly. meeting. Exactly. I, <laughs> you know? I don't understand that, right? Oh, no, yeah. I have to be here. No, guys, you don't. Well, you're not there. You're doing email. <laughs> yeah, and the whole idea is, you know, let's do all that stuff. 
so that I have that I can keep that free hour at three o'clock. You know, maybe I can get it all done. But frankly, what's funny about that is most of us started trying this solution to our calendar problem. It didn't work. We knew it wasn't working. We didn't feel like we had a handle on our time. Our schedules were a mess. You know, we told ourselves to fight through that initial difficulty of changing from being an individual contributor to a manager or having our schedule, the number of invites or requests on our schedule double. And it still didn't work even after a year or two. And yet most of us never tried a different way. And then many of us compound our error by finding the solution of working at home at night on weekends, taking time away from our families, pushing email to the evening. And then, of course, we complain about all this, the impact on our families, when in fact, we're the ones that brought the problem to our family's doorstep to begin with. Look, there's a better way than trying to fit all the pieces into the puzzle perfectly. It's just a different analogy, but it's a powerful one. And even though they may not use the phrase, it's a phrase that I created. Most executives would say, yep, that's exactly what I do. Rather than seeing all the components of my work week as puzzle pieces to be fitted together, and by the way, oh, next week we'll finally get it all fitted in. Right. <laughs> you, yeah. you simply picture your work week as a pot that you're going to make soup in. For the most part, what's important with great soup is you get all the right ingredients in there, and they all cook the right length of time. When you're making soup, you don't try to carefully position any one item next to any other. That's not what makes great soup. You don't worry that the tomatoes went in right before the chicken stock or right after. That's partly because you're going to stir the pot as soon as the cook soup cooks anyway, and it's not their relationship to one another that matters. If you adopt the soup analogy, essentially you implicitly accept that the soup is going to get stirred. There are going to be changes, guys. There are. Everybody knows this, and yet somehow we act as if it isn't so, that we can carefully fit things together, even though we know on the very first day that we've done that, somebody's going to step on it. We know it, and we still have this idea that our calendar should be some puzzle of fine complexity. And look, some of the changes are going to be out of your control. Some of them, the changes you'll make yourself. Look, it happens all the time. Your calendar is going to get stirred. If you approach your week with the idea it's a puzzle to be perfectly fitted, it's no wonder all the changes to your calendar are going to frustrate you. And then the wrong stuff has to be bumped, things that are really important to you. Yeah. Things that you really believe have strategic value to you or your team or the firm, but you keep putting it off because it's not urgent, right? You know, it seems to me that if you have the right things on your calendar, right, you're focused on the right priorities. You know, frankly, whether I get it done Monday or Tuesday, most of the time, it doesn't really, no, it doesn't, it doesn't no, really matter exactly. a whole lot, right? Yeah. When it comes to your work week, it rarely matters when you do any one thing on your calendar. Now, this is not to say that there isn't a deadline you have Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and we've said a thousand times on manager tools for the last 10 years, deadlines drive behavior. But what I've discovered, Mike, is that a lot of people don't put time on their calendar to do their tasks, and we'll talk more about this later. Their calendar is just a repository for meetings. That's literally what it is. But in terms of meeting with people, stuff from Monday can usually be moved to Wednesday. No problem. If that happens, stuff from Wednesday can be moved to Monday. The first thing you'd move from Wednesday to Monday to make up for the change is you'd move individual time that you were going to do on Wednesday. You move that to Monday. And then maybe you would look at things where there were meetings with only one other person who could perhaps move to Monday. 
Now, many many people are listening right now, Mike, and they're saying, oh, well, no, no, that worked because I've got this and I've got this and I've got... Folks, you're approaching it from the puzzle approach, right? Everything is so carefully together. Now, there's an assumption here as well, and I should have, should have been clear about that in the beginning, that you're smart enough to know that you can't be completely scheduled. Folks, you can't. That's part of the puzzle problem. The whole point of the puzzle analogy right. is when you get done, there's nothing free. There's no holes. If you left one puzzle piece out of a puzzle, people would say, well, it's not done. Where's well, that one piece? Well, I, I think it's more of like, you know, those little slider puzzles where you have a, like a, a six by six square and there's one by one tile pieces that move around and right. you got to try to get them in a particular order. Yeah. It's well, it's, I think people approach their calendars as if that's the they puzzle, yet there's no blank there's, space there's to no move things around. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can't eat, like you're frozen. And typically, most executives will tell you about 30% is a rough number. Now, there are managers who say, I couldn't do that. And I roll my eyes and say, well, I know thousands of managers do, but okay, you can't. What, 30% free? 30%, 30% free? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And by free, I don't mean lunch. Okay? Lunch is not free. If you put time on your calendar for lunch, that's not free. And as many of you know, those of you who have been listening, the, the hundreds of thousands of you that have been listening for, for years, the way to handle email, folks, is to schedule time for it. And we don't have time to cover that today. But I think I just probably had some of the newcomers' heads expl explode a little bit. Um, <laughs> yes. But folks, you can do three to four hundred emails a day in ninety minutes. Thirty. Minutes impossible. In the can't be done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it can't be done. Even, oh, that's right. You do it. I friend. do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, thousands of people, millions of people do it. Yeah, you you schedule thirty minutes in the morning, thirty minutes at lunchtime, roughly, and then thirty minutes into the day, and you can get all your email done. You just have to change your focus from, oh, I have email. I better start doing it to. I have this such much email and this much time. Let's get it all done. Email and there's a cast for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's a it's a, a very popular one. It's called God Email. So, seeing your calendar as a soup just means you have no problem moving anything around that that week. Okay, whenever you want. That's how soup moves in the pan. But you don't cancel anything. Okay, that's one of the differences between executives and managers. Mike is that they executives say, okay, you know, my boss or a customer or a conflict or the, our auditors stepped on something here. I understand that. And so I look at my calendar and say, the things on my calendar are important. I have to move it because the only things on, on effective executive calendars are the things that are critical that they really have to do that only they can do. Yes. Now you might say, oh, wait, they have to go to lunches and dinners and so on and give speeches and so on. Well, they would argue that's part of their leadership role and they're probably not going to cancel those. Although if there is something they're going to cancel, those are the kind of things that will tend to get canceled. But generally speaking for an executive, nothing gets canceled. It simply gets moved because the only things on there, since they have three times the amount of work to do than they can possibly get done, their first rule is, my gosh, I better choose only those things that have the most leverage in terms of the value I create for the organization. So again, when you have a conflict, you reschedule whatever the conflict is. And that's just stirring the soup and it's no problem. And look, there are some rules, guys. They're obvious and you know them without thinking. In the soup analogy, don't heat the pot and then throw the salt into the bottom of the hot pot as the first ingredient. That would be the equivalent of don't move lunch to 5 p.m. Or don't try, as we just mentioned, don't try to not schedule time for email because then email will eat you alive. Another one is go home at a certain hour. Uh, Manager tools is very clear. Your family comes first. You don't gain more effectiveness at work by staying past 5.30 or 6 every night. 
Okay, I'm not going to say, folks, that you there won't be weeks where you have to pull an all-nighter, and those are the weeks that you need to talk to your spouse about it in advance. But you're not going to do more work by coming in at eight because you didn't get your two or three things done that were tasks that aren't on your calendar saying, oh, I'll just get those done between 5 and 7.30 at night. You don't need to do that. You need to go home at a certain hour. And look, guys, the soup analogy does assume that your calendar is largely location nonspecific. In other words, most of your work is done in the same location most days. That tends to be true for the vast majority of those of you who are listening. It's, it's not, certainly not true for me. And look, you can travel, right? But perhaps it's only every other month for a day or two. Uh, if you travel as much as me, moving things around becomes problematic because you can't go to a meeting in Cupertino if you're in Manhattan. But when I'm home for a couple of days and I have tons of phone calls with staff and with clients, uh, Judy and I, Judy's my admin, we apply the soup analogy to all of my meetings. Stuff gets moved around all the time, but everything that's on the calendar stays done. It gets done by the end of the day or by the end of the two days. So if you're traveling a lot, this is a little bit harder to do, but you can do it in smaller increments on the days when you have a series of meetings. Yeah. Now, the key to all this, if you're moving around the wrong things, mm. you have the wrong things scheduled, then exactly. you're, you're still probably not all that effective. So one of the assumptions here is if you're going to make a good soup, you have to put in the right ingredients. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. that would be your priorities. Yeah. The biggest mistake I see people make if I had video of people handling their calendars is they use their calendar as an inbox for meetings. One of the most important shifts managers make and their ability to be effective is when they take control of their schedule away from the waves of meeting requests and time wasters. Folks, your calendar is not the place where your meetings are captured. Your calendar is not another inbox for other people's requests for your time. Yes, that is how it appears to millions of people in large organizations using Outlook or whatever other system or Gmail or whatever, you know, Google Calendar and so on. That's how it appears. It would be easy to make the mistake many of your professional colleagues, hundreds of thousands, millions of them have. The fact is your calendar is the visual representation of your plan to work on your priorities. And those plans often include things that are not meetings like email and presentation preparation and visiting with others when you're not actually having a meeting. Okay. And when we say your priorities, we do not mean only those things that are your work product, your special projects, or your personal plans. Your priorities include those things your boss, who we don't have time to go over it, guys, but your boss represents the organization to you. That's what role power is. Your priorities include those things that your boss say says are your priorities. We're not simply talking about what you want to do. We're talking about what you're obligated to do based on your role. So that absolutely means putting time on your calendar to work on individual work. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, look, you can't overdo it. What most people do is when they hear a cast like this, like, oh, I'm going to take over my calendar, and they schedule all right. kinds of blocks of time all over the place. Right. And then you have freedom to, to say no to everything, because look, my yeah. calendar's booked, right? Yeah, exactly. And people yeah. won't tolerate that. Sorry, boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. That's, I, I that's can't meet with you this guy. week. Yeah, I'm, I'm Or this month, actually. Yeah. I, I'm open in February. Yeah, I really don't want to do one-on-ones with you, boss, because I, you know, I'm really busy. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy. I'm, those, I'm inefficient. Yeah. I'm a busy um, guy. Yeah, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> Never more than 90 minutes at a time. You can't schedule more than 90 minutes at a time for yourself. You can't show items as blocked to other people who can see your calendar and just have blocked or, or personal time or desk work. You can't do that. You can't have 90 minutes twice a day every single day. 
you start putting 90-minute blocks of calendar on your 90-minute uh, blocks of time on your calendar regularly, it'll start getting broken into 30-minute bits pretty quickly. And by the way, 90 minutes is is the longest, but don't do that. Don't think that 90 minutes is some sort of nirvana. I mean, it it might be, but the fact is, you work in a place with other people, so nor is 60 learning. minutes. Yeah. Nor is 60 minutes because uh, Outlook des- decides to make that the de- uh, default, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we do 45-minute meetings at Manager Tools. Like, nope, we're not going to do our – I mean, I hate to say it, guys. I hate to be normal and regular person, but you have to have time to go to the bathroom. Look, for most of us, the problem with making calendar soup, if you will, is that we don't know what our priorities are. That's the big thing. And unfortunately, that's not what this cast is about, guys. But we do have guidance for that work. We have Sunday night planning podcast, Drucker time study cast, time and priority management, calendar management, calendar changes, calendar control, and more and more and more. There's even guidance on developing your own job description, which many people have told us has been helpful for them to think about their role separate from themselves. So look, once you've got your priorities roughed out, it's your job to get them onto your calendar. And a lot of folks then ask us at this point, when they should be, when should I put my priorities on the calendar, what days, mornings, afternoons, so on. And the fact is, guys, it doesn't really matter. That's why we said put the ingredients in whenever. The first reason for that is you're you, guys. Calendars tend to be more idiosyncratic and less amenable to specific guidance. Second, it's going to get changed. You're going to discover after three months that, wow, you didn't realize that Tuesdays were your days for your boss to send you lots of email. Um, The process of learning about your calendar is such that you're going to start becoming aware of the forces on your calendar as calendar forces. So it doesn't make any sense. Yes, among 10,000 people, there are some general rules. We generally recommend strategy stuff in the morning as an example, but it doesn't matter. Your boss may be the guy that wants to ping you all morning and then leave you alone in the afternoon, which is fine. So, Be careful for that. As an aside, guys, I mentioned this earlier, the whole inbox for meetings problem, the idea that, you know, email, somebody just asked me the other day, why doesn't Manager Tools use calendar invites, email calendar invites? And we don't because it sends a message that everybody's calendar is simply an inbox for meetings and anybody can request anybody's time. It makes asking way too easy. It democratizes asking for time way too much. Drucker says in the second chapter of Effective Executive, guys, know thy time. You cannot allow anyone to ask for your time whenever you can't. You can't do it. Well, you can. You just have to learn to say no. And as if everybody in the organization's time is of the same value. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, folks. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) And the widespread and wrong-headed idea that has totally become a cultural norm that turning down meeting requests is a mortal sin. It's crazy. We spend a bunch of time and money for nothing every day, everywhere. So it's okay to say no. And that's our next item. That's how you leave out the wrong ingredients, right? You just yeah. say no. Yeah. If somebody wants to throw a, a, you know, a rotten tomato in the soup. You go, nah, no, nah, nah. really no. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Look, this is where it gets hard for many of you guys. It's not hard with soup, though. You just follow the recipe. The problem that exists with your calendar versus, say, soup is no one has ever taught you or given you the recipe. And think about it. Would you ever dream of making soup if you didn't have a recipe? But on the other hand, no one has ever shown you the recipe for calendars. 
And by the way, the first rule of executives and calendars is to protect their calendar at all cost by saying no to everything that isn't completely and utterly aligned with their core responsibilities because they're probably not going to get their core responsibilities done. Why then would they want to defend that they had a bunch of non-core responsibilities on their calendar? You can say, well, if you're not getting your core responsibilities done, you at least ought to put those more of that on your calendar rather than this other stuff. Well, dude, it's easy, though. She's the CEO. She can say no. Yeah, I hear that all the time. And again, people say that and they're missing the point. That's how they got to be executives. It's not just what they do when they got there. It's not that they use, they think of themselves as finally having the role power to say no. They know that's true. On the contrary, they got to be an executive because they protected their time. They guarded their time jealously, and they simply refused to, to do things that weren't aligned with the big responsibilities that they had. And so at the end of every year, the reason why people get promoted is because the one or two or three or four big things that they did got done. The people who do exceptionally well in large organization folks are not the people who are getting everything done. They're getting the right things done because they're just like you. They have too many things to get done. They decided, like Napoleon with his whole idea of mass at the point of decision, is it's okay to get in trouble on some things because they learned there was no way not to. And they simply decided, well, if I'm going to get in trouble, I'm going to get in trouble for the things that are least valuable. That mean I get in trouble, but I'm not at risk. And one of the ways they do that is by controlling their calendar. And they say, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. No, I can't do it. And look, guys, we know you have too much to do. You know it too. You go home every night with work that is undone. By definition, you're not getting all your work done. And you never have. So, Therefore, the only thing that matters is having whatever you can get done be the right thing that needs to get done. Or, put it differently, choosing to not do the things that you won't get in too much trouble for not doing. We're all addicted to say yes to requests, but we end up saying no, after a fashion, to certain things by feeling guilty when we go home. I'm cool because I'm I'm important, so I just just double book. I have two meetings going on at the same time. I just yeah. decide. I just decide I at the time which one I'm going to go to. This is one of those times where I say hashtag dork, right? <laughs> oh, I'm double booked today. I, I'm so busy. I'm double booked. Yeah, you're the Flash. You can be in two places at once. Now, now you got to um, share with folks because I, I suspect we'll have you know many new listeners this time. So t- tell me about um, risk-free manager tools. And, yes. uh, recommendations. Cause, yeah, that's cause, what everybody wants, right? Please, Mark and Mike, tell us how to do our jobs with no risk and help me grow and get promoted and so on. Now, look. Yeah. And we uh, wouldn't recommend anything that had risk, right? Right. Yeah, no, really, absolutely seriously. we would, right? Everybody, <laughs> wants did. To, everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Right. Um, yeah, of course this recommendation has risks. We recommend you say no to incoming requests for your time. That's something many of you are uncomfortable doing because of the organizational cultural bias against it where you work. And look, guys, we respect that hesitancy. And we ask you, is what you're doing now with your calendar working? Are you accomplishing satisfactorily your most important objective of quality time with your family? Most of you would say not. If you're not, then can you console yourself with a sense of accomplishment that you're getting because all of your major objectives are accomplished? and we guess you're not, and you don't feel in charge or in control of your time, and that means a change might be warranted. Look, one more thing about saying no. You already do it all the time. When you're on vacation, you say no. You don't show up. When you're sick, 
you say no. When you travel, you miss meetings. When you're on planes, frequently you can't check email. At our effective manager conferences, no one checks their mail obsessively. In fact, it's funny, people come to our conferences and then they sit around after 5.30 when the day ends and they ask questions for the next two hours. There aren't that many learning how to be a manager conferences that people stay late on voluntarily. That's right. In fact, right. I had a joke, I don't know where I was. It was, it was Apple or Salesforce or Cisco a couple of weeks ago and somebody said, this is the only training I've ever been to that the manager, that the trainer didn't start by saying, by the way, if we manage time well, we should be able to get done pretty early today. Like, really? The, the yeah, trainer really. is saying my stuff is so uninteresting, so unvaluable, so uncompelling that I need to buy your interest today by telling you we're going to finish early. And that's why people right. immediately start checking their mail and so on. And there's a point, right? If you're scheduling the important things and you recognize the importance of it, then you don't start trying to multitask and you're in, you're in the yep. moment. You're focused on that, which is most important. And at that point, email is not important. Now, I, I always find it interesting because people come to the conference and I, I talk to them and they're, they're concerned that they're not going to have enough time to get, get emailed during the day. And, you know, an hour into it, they completely forget about it. That, that's the thing. They completely forget. I even point out to them periodically. I said, everybody thinks email important. And yet every single one of you is in rapt attention right now and you're not thinking about mail. And you see their look in the face like, oh, yeah, dang, that's right. So yeah. in all those examples I just listed, no is being communicated. And there's no evidence to any of you, hardly ever, of any significant negative outcomes. And so we're just recommending you do so consciously and actively in support of your priorities. So when you get a request for your time and it's not a priority, simply say no. Now, you might justify it. Well, that's not a priority, but the person who's asking, I want them to be a priority because relationships matter, results and relationships matter in your career. Okay, find time for it. Don't say, no, I can't do it this time, but I could do it that time. Or if you decide to make it a priority for a short term, that's okay. Remember, you can move something. Okay. And look, if you've correctly identified your priorities, you can schedule them two or three, four months in advance. Talk about a reason to be able to say no. You already have something scheduled. Again, I'm not talking about wide swaths of time. You don't block out a morning by having five, half, six, seven, eight, half hours scheduled in there. But it would certainly give you a reason to say no and help you feel confident that if you stick to your schedule, and some of you will struggle with that as well, you'll start getting the important stuff done. Now, look, guys, our admonition about overscheduling your own work still applies here. Don't fill up your calendars as immunization, immunization against other people's requests. That, that's not the way to do this. That's, that's using a good idea in a bad way. So now you get to the, you know, the thing that makes the calendar soup uh, as an analogy so effective is the flexibility it provides, right? So yeah. moving things around easily is, yeah. that's one of the benefits of this thing. Yeah, when you know what your priorities are and you're certain they're on your calendar, you can move them around at will and you still accomplish them. If you see your calendar as a puzzle and it needs to constantly be rejiggered, you start to lose the forest for the trees. Every change ripples through every day. We cancel stuff. Well, first of all, we don't know what our priorities are, so it's easy to end up not accomplishing them. And then we cancel stuff and we realize, oh my gosh, I didn't get that done last week. Okay? The worst possible approach to your calendar is to see them as a puzzle, to make them rigid, and then to have conflicts. And the, the sad thing is, is you might have a priority on there, but you don't know it's really a priority. And now suddenly what gets done or not done is based solely on when someone else requests time from you. 
when that time is already spoken for. And then again, you start canceling things. You know, some people listening may be, this may not resonate with them or they may be having some kind of uh, some conflict going in their head because I, again, I think it goes back to, they believe that the calendar is simply a place for scheduling meetings. Yeah. And so yeah. if they're an executive and they're just moving around meetings all the time, they're impacting lots and lots of people by this constant rescheduling. So can you address that? Look, we have a fundamentally different approach, and I alluded to it earlier. My calendar is a representation of the most important choice I make as a professional, which is what are my priorities and how am I going to spend my time accomplishing it? Any request, any request at all, the first thought about any request, any email coming in is to say no. And I'm not saying willy-nilly every single time say no and make people come back to you every time. Let's not be doctrinaire about it, okay? But my first thought is, if I know what my priorities are, my calendar reflects my priorities. And the first thing I ask is, is this request for my time a priority of mine? And if it's not, I'm willing to say no. If it is, then I can move things around easily. And yes, you're going to get requests from all kinds of people. And yes, you might feel guilty about saying no. But I'm, again, this, as Mike said, this is not risk-free manager tools. And if you want better results, you're going to have to change your behavior. Something comes up from someone we can't say no to. That's fine. You just move whatever you had then to whenever, to some other time, generally within the same week. We don't fret what we're having to accommodate is a problem because it's not. We just move what we have scheduled to another time. And as long as our priorities get moved but not canceled, rescheduled but not canceled, then we're fine because it's not when things get done that usually matters. It's that we have the time to actually do it and that we make time for it. And this is why so many people, they do it backwards. They start saying yes to everything. Their calendar gets full and they look and say, I don't have time to get to that project I've been promising the boss I'd do in the next quarter, right? I don't have time to create that new conference, the effective interviewer conference. Gee, I don't have time because everybody's always asking for my time. What? Now, put that in your calendar and that's a priority and be able to defend that to your boss and then say, and so therefore, I can't do this and that at the same time. So we have to choose to do what you want to do at a different time. Or because I put my priority on my calendar, half hour here, 45 minutes there, I can move it to somewhere else. And I still end up moving forward on it, even when there may not be a deadline. Yeah. So quick wrap up. Yeah, sure. So guys, your calendar is not a puzzle. It's a soup. Put in the right ingredients, which are your priorities, which you need to learn what they are whenever you want and leave out the wrong stuff by saying no, and then be comfortable moving things around because that's what happens when you stir the soup. Don't worry about moving things around in your calendar. It's not just normal, it's how calendars are done by most executives. You're not gonna get more done by being more precise, by putting things back to back and being rigid with what your plan is. Planning is everything, yes, because you need to know your priorities. But plans are nothing. It doesn't matter when a lot of your calendar gets done. It just matters that it does get done. Awesome. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. 